All right, guys, welcome back to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. Um, today, I get kind of a unique episode. Uh, my guest today, um, his name is Neil Moore. You probably haven't heard of him. Um, he's honestly, I found him just randomly on Instagram. Um, and I started seeing his stories pop up and, uh, he was doing some like insane, crazy things like waking up at, you know, 2am and climbing all night to some crazy summit to be there for sunrise or, um, you know, he's done these like multi-day, um, rock climbing trips where you're like camping on a rock face and he's done some guiding in Alaska for moose, um, Super interesting guy, very adventurous, very, uh, just does some awesome stuff. And literally he, you know, he's not really in the industry or whatever. Like he's not really like, uh, he did start a website, um, and do some blogging and stuff like that, but he's not really like hardcore going after being a content creator. I don't think he's just a guy who does like amazingly cool epic stuff. So I was like, let me just get this guy in the podcast because he does some really cool stuff. And we had a great conversation. Um, really unique dude. Um, and I like intentionally did not prepare for this conversation at all. It's a little bit of a departure from normal podcasts. Um, you know, it's, it's less of an interview and more of a, just a conversation. Um, but like I said, he's, he's done some amazingly cool stuff, done some guiding, uh, experienced Alaskan hunter and adventurer and just kind of a normal guy. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to have somebody on the podcast. Um, that's just sort of a quote unquote normal, you know, person that just happens to do epic stuff and uh, really cool guy. Um, and again, kind of just a free flowing podcast, just kind of having a conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Um, and I uh, hope you guys uh, get something out of it and it inspires you to go do something cool. Um, want to remind you again, to use the code QUEST in the Go Hunt gear shop. Um, also, I highly recommend if you want to draw more tags and be able to find the best research on where to get opportunity for hunting out west, you need to join Go Hunt Insider. It's got all your information as far as, you know, like I said, researching units, how to draw tags, where your draw odds are going to be the best. Um, just anything you need to know, it's all there. It's easy to use, and I use it constantly. So join Go Hunt Insider and use the code Quest. You'll save twenty percent, and also you'll save money in the Go Hunt Gear Shop using the code Quest, and you'll be supporting the show directly. So um, if you need any gear or you want to find out how to draw tags out west, go to GoHunt.com. Use the code Quest and help me out. Um, in the meantime, leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will give you a shout out on the show. And hope you guys enjoy this episode. See you on the next one. Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast, guys. This is your host, Hunter, and I'm here with Neil Moore. How you doing, dude? Dude, I'm great. Good to be on. Okay, I got to ask. Um, I see an awesome ram skull behind you. Is that oh. a doll or what is that? No, this is a uh, big Rocky from uh, from actually right near near me in Wyoming. Um, wow. I got this weird. As fun as shed hunting is and looking for elk sheds, my main passion in terms of like not actually hunting but looking for antlers or horns is sheep skulls. So um, wow. I got this got this dream of someday finding all four North American wild sheep uh, deadheads. So, so your goal too. is to find the deadhead, not to actually kill it. 
Well, I mean, I'd love if I could get all those hunts, but, uh, you know, those tags are hard to get. So I put yeah. in every year for sheep here. I'm actually packing and guiding for my first doll sheep hunt this next, uh, next August. So I'm pumped on that, but nice, um, dude. yeah, I just love sheep. I love their country. I'm a big rock climbers. So being around them is awesome. And like, if I can't hunt them every year, I can look for their heads every year. So that's, that's a good point. That's a cool goal, man. I never heard, uh, anybody have that kind of goal, but that's awesome. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. So at a i'm at a desert and several like eight or nine rockies but time to get a stone and doll okay and you would just go out like you're shed hunting just like intentionally looking for sheep deadheads or to be part of some other type of trip no pretty much just like it's mainly like a spring summer thing and i just okay. kind of think not to give away too much but my the strategy is always like think about when do animals die um most of you probably know you know winters when most of them will will pass yeah. and so i think where are they at in their winter range and then um where would i mean any shed hunter probably knows where they find deadheads generally like bottom bottoms of canyons but sheep are even more so because of that curl like the head will roll down the hill so mm. thinking about where would a head or water roll um roll ahead interesting and, uh, in the wow, winter that's range. cool man yeah okay so guys a little backstory um we were kind of talking about this off air but if you're listening um so when you start like a instagram page you're trying to build it right you have to follow a bunch of people that's kind of one of the strategies and so i think what happened is i just randomly followed you not mm -hmm. knowing who you are at all just randomly click 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 and but then when you're going through stories you know people's stories pop through and i remember just you're like some of your stories pop through of you like mountain climbing and stuff i was like that's not really that he's not really doing that <laughs> and then i was like i was watching him more. i was like dude this guy's really doing this stuff this is really cool so um, you do some crazy stuff and that's why I just, I just found you on Instagram, like, you know, climbing up, I don't know, some huge mountain, like it, like in the dark at 4am to get to the top for the sunrise and stuff. Like, yeah, I like living in a, I do probably half my life in a headlamp. I like the night stuff, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I live in, I live in Jackson, old Wyoming. Um, it's somehow I've You're born and like, raised in Wyoming. No, no, no. I'm total city kid from San Francisco. I literally grew up no right way. in the city of San Francisco. Um, okay. But for the last till, till what age? So I was 18 when I left San Francisco. I was a total city kid at the time. Didn't even know a hunter. Um, and wow. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, I'm always kind of jealous when I hear so many people's like hunting backgrounds. Like, oh yeah, my dad used to take me out and like we'd go in a tree stand and whatnot. And like, no, I, I was uh, right in the city. I was into the outdoors Crazy. though. Um, I was a big surfer and rock climber. Okay. And my brother so you and still had kind of an outdoor together. kind of slant to you, but you grew up in San Francisco. Yeah, thanks to my brother. My my parents, not very outdoorsy, but they, they would take us on these road trips to national parks and show us nature, and we always loved it. They knew we loved it, so they would take us on those road trips. Yeah. It was awesome. But yeah, my brother and I kind of fed off each other, surfing and climbing, and then I joined a search and rescue team in California, and I was always in the backcountry then and, and uh, looking for lost people, and I was like, man, like the outdoors is way better than the city. So yeah, um, so yeah for college- When did you get the desire to, uh, to kill? <laughs> yeah that's a good question um well to i put moved, it bluntly so i was always into wildlife wanted to study wildlife biology so i moved to montana where they had a great program in missoula and i went to school there and um i wouldn't say i walked in with like any negative ideas towards hunting i just didn't really know it i didn't really have like any thoughts on it because i wasn't around anyone that did it and then it was like freshman year i'm in my classes and um all my like professors are these you know top wildlife research researchers for the state of Montana, mm -hmm. even some from Canada. 
and they would all leave in September or a lot of them uh, to go <laughs> hunt. They'd give us like substitute teachers. And I was like, wait a second. The people that have devoted their lives to studying animals, conserving <laughs> them and caring about them are doing this hunting thing. I was like, okay, I, I owe it to myself, to hunting, to like learn more about this. And Interesting. So, yeah. I started working at hundred check stations through for credit and uh, met some friends that hunted as well. And man, dude, it didn't take checking long stations hooked. Okay. Yeah. They would Dude, give us such credit. an interesting yeah. entry into hunting. Oh, it was wild. Total. So like, you just noticed all hunter. your professors were like, these dudes are all hitting the fields. So like, I got to try this. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, wildlife or hunting must be conservation if these guys really care. And then about these critters and they're also hunting. And, and that was a big like mindset shift from a San Francisco um, yeah. idea of hunting. And so are your yeah, parents so, like, are your parents, were, are they anti or anything or just not, just don't do it? No, just don't, don't do it. Never were around it. I think, you know, my mom's dad who I never met or maybe her grandpa, they were, they were duck hunters or he was a duck hunter, um, but passed away sadly pretty young. And and so I, I never, you know, was around. I just remember being at my grandma's house and there was a taxidermy mallard. And okay. like, that's interesting, but that's really like the only other person in our extended family that's ever, ever hunted. Wow. And my, my parents might, you know, have camped like 10 days in their life, but they're, they're great. Okay. They are fully supportive. And, but yeah, it did take a little bit for like family to get used to this, you know? And so, uh, I would ship back me, you know, have them try it and everything. And then I started filming hunts because mainly to show my high school buddies, like what it is. I think a lot of people from the city think you just drive around drunk on an ATV and like hose yeah. critters off the side of the road. I mean, I like, guys, if whoa, all whoa. you ever see of hunting is Hollywood's portrayal of hunting, yeah, you have an sad. extremely false and just terrible like idea of what hunting actually actually totally. is. Yeah, yeah, and it's so that's been a really cool way to kind of bring it back to San Francisco and show these kids like, no, 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 this is what it actually is. I did that through the videos and the meat, and now they're like all about it. They don't really do it themselves. My brother came out actually on a hunt. He never killed something, but he wanted to like see what it's all about, and that was yeah. awesome. Uh, we got a deer and an elk in one trip and packed it out together. He got the full experience, but uh, nice. But yeah, they understand it now and they're supportive. Yeah, that's cool, man. So that's so interesting because most of my guests, you know, have been hunting their whole lives and stuff. So it's it's really interesting hearing. Um, and for those guys listening, I think I said it off air, but I intentionally kind of didn't really plan for this because I just don't know Neil that well. But I just kind of wanted to just kind of flow off the cuff. So that's super interesting, man. Like that you came into hunting in that way. So. I guess, you know, you're working at a check station for credit, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and then at some point, you had to have somebody take you out. What was your first, like, hunting trip? Yeah, it was funny. It was, didn't see a thing. Uh, didn't see, but we... Or maybe, just, what was your first, like, good hunting trip, maybe? Totally, yeah. Well, so, first I'll just say, I went out with a buddy. <laughs> we had, like, he had a deer tag. I think I, I think I must have had my own tags that year. Yeah, and we, we mountain biked into this unit. And you couldn't hunt for the first three miles. And I will always remember this moment. Was your buddy a hunter? Or yeah. yeah. Uh, he'd grown up in Montana and he'd yeah. Okay. And so, so he was kind of showing you the ropes. Yeah. And so we had rifles on our back and we're mountain biking in and we passed the like three mile sign. And like it basically there's a little sign that says you can now like, you know, hunt and recreate like you would in the national forest there. You've entered that three mile, you've gotten through the buffer. Mm-hmm. And I remember just the air feeling different. I was like, oh my gosh this yeah. is cool like i'd always you know through search and rescue or hiking i'd been always excited when i saw critters like elk or bear but i never really knew why we were seeing them it was just like oh that's a neat sighting it happened out of luck and now like 
hunting changed my mindset to like, I got to learn so much about these animals to then increase those sightings and, um, and make it happen. And it was such a neat interaction. Like, was it was an adrenaline kind of rush when you, that kind of thing. Or? A little bit of adrenaline. Yeah. A little bit of like, uh, man, now if, if I find one, like something could happen, I could put this little stock on or something. It was just this excitement. Okay. So it was um, less so excitement about entering a wild place. Cause you'd spent time in wild yeah. places. It was more so like, all right, this time, like we might actually kill one. Yeah, it was a totally different interaction with the woods, <laughs> okay. and I was like, this is cool. So, yeah, I was hooked on that trip. We didn't see anything. We just sat in the rain for, like, three days. But um, <laughs> but then, yeah, and then I was doing everything wrong, of course. I was 20 years old and just messing around. And, and uh, I remember, like, one day I was sleeping alone in the snow in Montana in my tent, listening to this wolf howl. It was pretty cool and falling asleep to that. But I hadn't seen, like, anything deer elk-wise. Um, and... So I'm sitting in that tent and in the snow, listening to this wolf howl, hadn't seen like anything. And, uh, and my buddy texts me like, Hey man, like I'm out hunting. Uh, I've seen like deer elk this morning. Like if you want come with me and he was a master's student at university of Montana he invited me out and he, he really kind of showed me the ropes. He, um, we went out one morning later that week and it was so cool. He, we like sat on this, we were on this knob and in the sage and in the dark waiting first light. And at first light, this, forky mule deer comes out at like 175 and i'd practiced quite a bit in my rifle at that point felt felt confident but i never held anything on an animal yeah and he starts is it a rifle you bought yourself and sighted it in and all that by yourself or what yep pick myself up a 308 you know montana's funny i i get in there and i'd never really been around guns my whole life in san francisco and all of a sudden on my dorm floor the first year there's like 17 guns under people's beds <laughs> and whatnot it's like all right i gotta learn what this is but um but so yeah you so and bought one Pretty much. My roommates were like, oh, like, you know, they let me shoot theirs for a bit. And then they're like, okay. well, if you're going to get into hunting, you should have your own that you get used to and practice with just that. So okay, bought a 308. So some of these questions probably sound dumb. It's just like, I literally never talk to people that started hunting this way. So it's interesting. Yeah, no, totally. It's, uh, I, I've like, obviously it would have been cool to grow up hunting, but I kind of enjoy getting into it so late. Cause I'm just so fired up on it. I mean, the last seven years nice. of my life has just been hunting, obviously climbing and skiing too. But when hunting season hits, it's it's full out full yeah on. you don't but, just um, do like walk out a couple miles you're doing like solo moose hunts and stuff yeah well that was that <laughs> was the it. cool thing is like you know when i started hunting i was besides this first year with with this guy like i was going on these day hunts with other people and we just like weren't seeing much weren't succeed succeeding and i realized like wait a second backcountry hunting all it is is backpacking right with a rifle and a tag it's like and it's I, like backpacking with a mission before yeah. you're just walking around and I get it oh, like having awesome, a destination, man. but I yep. feel like backpacking is like, is like, I don't know. It's, it's like everything you were supposed to be doing when you're hunting, but just with that part removed. And it's like, I just exactly. can't get into it now that I've done it with a tag and a rifle. Yep. Well, and so this is where I got fortunate is like, maybe I didn't have the hunting background, but with search and rescue with, with backpacking. And, you know, when I said goodbye to California, some buddies and I final summer there did a 20 mile backpack or sorry, 20 day backpacking trip through the Sierras. And so I had all the gear, I had the knowledge to like, and felt very comfortable just sleeping out there for weeks. And so I was like, Oh wait, what if I just take all that gear, all that knowledge and now yeah. just combine it with this new addiction hunting. And that's when I really started seeing success when I stopped doing okay. the day hunts and I would just go out there alone or with somebody. Just and... attack it like you're backpacking. Exactly. Yeah. And you had all that gear already. Cause you're already doing that kind of stuff. You're saying, yeah, I didn't really have a pack like with a frame and everything for packing yeah. meat. So that was a lesson, but now I love packing meat, but, uh, initially that is the like, one thing that like you got like you have to have a meat some kind of meat carrier like, yeah if, if we want it. our spines to last anywhere into our 40s or 50s we should probably all have one <laughs> yeah <laughs> first time i went to alaska like one of my buddies didn't bring one and he was packing up 
you know, sick of black tail, like over his shoulder, oh. like, and dude, he was Cam Haynes style or something. Yeah. <laughs> except for with none of Cam, Cam Haynes is like yeah. strength, you know, like, totally. so, um, that's funny, man. So tell me about your first actual kill. Cause that, that's interesting. Totally. So yeah, it was this, it was this deer, this, this forky buck came out. I had my buddy at my side. He was totally going to let me take first shot, but he starts sparring with another forky. So they're uh-huh. both at like, um, they're both at like 175 yards. So I lay down the sage and I had a lot of time to, you know, kind of rest and think about it. And I, I shoot and he just, one of the forkies just drops. And I will always remember this reaction. I, I'm like a pretty expressive person and you probably saw that in my moose hunt. I like yeah. really excited about things. Um, and his steer drops and I, I would have never guessed this would have been my reaction. Um, I just was so had spent so many days trying had had this goal in mind and here it was, I killed this porky and, and I just started laughing. Um, <laughs> don't know why I just started like belching out this laughter. Like that just happened. Did that really just happen? Wow. My buddy, my buddy grabs me and he's like, shh, shh, quiet, quiet. He drops down and he shoots the other forky oh, no that way. mine was fighting with. And they both drops. So now we have two deer down. Well, at the times we're walking up, his dad calls who was hunting in a Canyon just over from us and his dad killed the deer as well that morning oh wow so all of a sudden i'd never been on a dead animal and all of a sudden we had three mule deer bucks down and his dad is older and, and wasn't gonna pack that was kind of our thing is like well we'll get it out for you so all of a sudden my first day of success had three mule deer pack outs in a day <laughs> and i was like i love this that's awesome dude yeah. that's so cool what'd you feel like when you walked up on that deer that first um year? yeah just uh like i don't know i always loved deer and elk i always loved you know wildlife one up but i guess i just got like a deeper connection with um with those species to begin i I think about this a lot this model it's called the north american model of wildlife conservation Mm -hmm. it's how our country goes about it one of the main pillars is like if you let the public play a part in wildlife conservation um they will care about that animal more want to want to keep it around you know oh for sure yeah that's how it works yeah and that was a moment for me because prior to that i was like you know in the city, I was always into wildlife in San Francisco, but I was into like the big cats and like, you know, the, I wanted to, I wanted to study the predators and all this stuff, you know, the large charismatic megafauna. And I never really thought much about deer and elk. And I remember walking on that first deer and being like, Whoa, deer are really cool. And I want to learn so much about them. And I want to like, I love them now. You know, you ask any elk hunter, what's their favorite animal? Probably elk. What's their, you know, and that's something that a lot of non hunters don't get is that like we that hunt them love that animal. And I think that's what I had when I walked up on that mule deer. It was just like, I want to know everything about mule deer now. I yeah. want to study their biology. Uh, this is way cooler than a mouse, you know, big cat or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, mule deer are super cool, man. They really are. The places they live and exactly the diversity. Oh, yeah, I think we get to hunt them here the... in Wyoming at like nine thousand five hundred feet. It's so fun. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those high country like early huntsmen. Like I haven't done mm-hmm. one yet, but they look super. I've done alpine like deer, but that was in Kodiak. I never done like one of those. Uh, you know, early archery seasons, but it looks beautiful, man. Um, yeah. And it's, it is this weird dichotomy of like, cause I'm a deer guy too. I think mm-hmm. I haven't killed an elk yet. That's okay. my goal for 23 is to kill an elk. Make it happen. Hell yeah. But also my goal is I'm going to hunt a black tail, which Lord willing, hopefully after this Mexico trip will be my last deer species. I need for a deer slam. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause so, you got coos on this Mexico trip, right? Yeah. 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 So if yep. I get my coos, then I just got to get my black tail next year in Oregon with my buddy, Luke Dusenberry, And then I'll like have the five. And then we're also going to hunt Roosevelt's probably too. But, nice. um, I was going to say, you got to start working on the subspecies of elk then. I know, dude, <laughs> cool. yeah. well, dude, it's, it's possible. I could theoretically, cause I'm going to, I got another elk tag 
and maybe two. So there's a chance I could kill two species of elk next year. Like if things, Whoa. everything goes amazing. That would be cool. That'd be hell, hell of a goal. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, But I'm kind of a deer guy too. It's this weird dichotomy of like, cause I grew up on whitetails, you know, for me. So um, I, I feel like I like lean a little bit towards mule deer over elk, but I haven't killed one yet. Mm-hmm. So I can't say for sure. Um, yeah. But it's a weird dichotomy of, loving the animal like thinking they're super cool and like i genuinely love deer but like also i love killing them yeah 100 (laughs) it's a weird dichotomy yep no i i love elk and i'm watching them while i'm on i guide wildlife tours now for the that's like my main job um oh cool grand teton yellowstone and so i've shown guests these animals in the that's your main job right now yeah year-round guiding wildlife tours and um okay and so I get a look at it. You know, it's awesome. It's the greatest job because I get a look at these animals. I kind of in a glorified zoo, let's be honest. Grand Teton Yellowstone, but <laughs> I get a look at their behavior all the time. Uh, learn a lot about the behavior, and then, um, you know, and then also I'm behind glass every day, so I test my eyes every day behind binoculars. But I'm gonna be honest, like as cool as they oh, are in the park, I'm like, I want it to be hunting season. I want to shoot this thing. So like, my guests don't know <laughs> it, but like while I'm watching elk in the park, like yes, I can't hunt in the park, but right. I like think in my head, ooh, how would I stock that, and yeah. what shot opportunity do I have? You know, like I think yeah. through it on, on tour because you're right, you love them, but you also kind of want to shoot them. Yeah, <laughs> so true, man. And so, um, yeah, you you've done Alaska quite a bit, huh? Yeah, so that was a really cool my my boss here in Jackson um for these wildlife trips all like photo safaris. I'm actually going to start guiding safaris in Africa too for photos as well with him. And so he though has an awesome background. He was a marine sniper for a long time and and got out of the, got out of the military and built this company up. Well, he spent years guiding hunts in Alaska with his his buddy Luke. Well, Luke has since become an outfitter as Adam built this company for photo safaris. So Adam comes up to me and he's like, Hey man, I got this friend that like, I, you know, with your addiction to hunting and everything, I put you in touch with, maybe you can go help pack for him. So okay. three years ago, I went up for my first time and I packed for a moose hunt or two. Um, and I was hooked. I mean, if, if, if you feel like you can get in remote country in lower 48, wait till you're in Alaska. Oh dude. Um, and so, yeah, for the last three years, I've been going up helping Luke out in September. That was kind of the catalyst to me taking off this last eight months of work uh to just chase my own personal outdoor goals which i did this last eight months but it was mainly so that i could be up there an entire moose season um so this was my third season up there this last year packed for are you on track to get your guys license so funny ask that yes you need uh 60 because i know you gotta start as a packer yep and that's what i've been doing and i reached all the requirements this year i applied for it this fall and (laughs) it's so funny dude that's cool Two hours before New Year's hit a couple days ago, two hours I see on my bank account that Alaska deposited my my uh, check for my guide's license, meaning I haven't gotten the response email, but why would they deposit it if they didn't accept me? So I think I officially have my guide's license in Alaska. Dude, so you could legitimately, in theory, take me hunting for a guide-required species? Yes. If I paid you. Yeah. Yeah. Your assistant guide. There is, there is some, there's an interesting rule. I got to check into all the details, but the out. So as an assistant guide, you work under an outfitter, right? Uh-huh. And you can be the only person out there with the, with the client, you know, as a packer, I had to always be with a guide as with well. The registered with registered guide. Clients. Yeah. So now that I'm the registered guide, I can be just me and the client. However, the outfitter needs to be within the state. Um, okay. During so you have to hunt. operate under somebody, but you're a legit guide though. 
exactly yep yeah and yeah. does that that's a probably for a period of time right and then you can do it on your own or so i think it's 10 years oh, wow. uh, of experience up there and then you can apply for your outfitters license which honestly that's kind of the route i would love to go is like well, eventually but I'm glad I love that they're Luke's, like Luke's the man. I'm fine working with him. He's the greatest guy. And now yeah. to be an actual registered guide for him is going to be sweet. And honestly, it's a good thing that it's not that easy to become a guide in Alaska because then people totally. would be getting out there and getting people killed and stuff. Yep. And I really it's respect a different these, animal. Yeah. And I really respect these three years of having to pack to then get your guide's license because there is like Alaska is different. Like you need judging animals is way more strict and, oh, and yeah. on it, you know, and like then you said also, in your moose hunt film. Like if you shoot the wrong one, you're screwed. The first yeah. time I was in Alaska, I had my crosshairs on a animal in range two times, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I studied the biology enough before going and I was not hundred percent sure if they were a small bull or a cow. So I just, uh, did, I yep. couldn't shoot. I didn't want to get, you know what I mean? Dude, but, it's, it's stressful. Like I, I want three years stressful. of being with another guy before I'm actually just me and the client making that call. Cause like I would looked over on my moose hunt myself this year i looked over like probably 40 bulls a couple I of them i could watch for like four I hours watched it. i watched one bull and you're I'd seeing a them. ton of bulls dude oh yeah it was it was you're awesome, in them but, thick like, <laughs> the annoying days you, you see them like you know down here it's like okay it's not a spike it's legal right up there there were so many that i was like you are probably 51 inches yeah but you inches. just but dude can't. if you walk up to it and it's that much yeah. less so yeah, yeah it's so it I'm takes glad. some discipline totally the other thing about Alaska, which is really neat, but also you need to learn, is the waste of game laws are a lot stricter, um, which I appreciate. You have to take out more of the meat. But, like, dude, you you got to cut these things up where you can't – technically they could land on you while harvesting your animal. And if they can fill a quart-sized Ziploc bag of edible meat, you've wasted game. You know, wow. down here it's like four quarters, backstraps, tenderloins. Obviously, you should also probably take neck meat, brisket, all that. But in Alaska, like – it better be all of it. So that just took, it was a whole different way of cutting up an animal, just thinking about every single riblet, every single everything. Wow. To be illegal. So that's something yeah. that guys definitely need to know about for sure. Yeah. So it's nice. Those, th those laws are no joke. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I appreciate it. But yeah, you just got to, um, you need a lot of years up there. Like to, to get an outfitter's license, I'm, I'm glad it takes so long. Yeah. You and what are the guide required species? I know doll sheep, brown bear, um, doll, brown bear, goat. And you can do moose on your own, yeah. caribou on your own. Um, I think those are the main three. Yeah. I got a caribou. I think you I saw I got a caribou. I saw home. that. Yeah. When, what so time of year? My first um, ever backcountry trip of any kind was okay. a walk-in DIY Alaskan caribou hunt. Like I said, we didn't actually cool. end up killing anything, but we saw animals. You know, we saw animals we could have killed, but weren't 100% on them. So, but it was a life-changing trip. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I still like need my caribou redemption and right it's going to be a pretty cool adventure, dude. Like we're going to get, um, we're going August 8th or no, sorry, August 23rd. So like the last week of August into yep. the first couple of days Sick. of September. So maybe there'd be some hard horned ones in there, which I kind of yeah. hope for, or at least close. Cool. We can peel it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, we're getting um, ferried up a river on a airboat and dropped the guy's going to drop us on an off day because <laughs> mm -hmm. they normally do drop camps, but we're just going to float out when we're done. Cool. Yeah. Damn, that'll be an experience. It's like you, a got 35 wolf, you got a wolf tag too, I saw, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's wolves really in the area, to be honest, but it was cheap, and yeah. I figure if we see one, it's better to have a wolf tag than not. Yeah. Dude, the unit we're in, there's so many wolves. I see them every year that um, 
you don't even need a tag. It's uh, no way. You can, you can as a if you have an Alaska hunting license, which you have to buy to then get any tag, you can take ten. Um, Whoa, it's a lot there, but they're usually pretty far off. I mean, the tundra just the, you see them really far, but you hear them howling like every night. I stepped out of my tent one night this trip and like came out at like three a.m. Dude, it was the most magical moment. I had the aurora borealis just firing above my head. Wow. And then 200, 300 yards away, I couldn't see him in the dark. This whole wolf pack starts howling. And I'm just like, wow, this is Alaska right here. Wow, but, dude, that's cool. What time of year was that? Uh, Mid-September. Yeah. Okay. Because I haven't seen the Aurora Borealis yet. That would be really cool. I don't know. Do you think it would be possible if I was there the first like couple days of September? Oh, yeah. Yeah, possible? we'll see them every – It really, the only thing you got to watch out for is cloud. You, know, you get a lot of rain in Alaska. And if it's oh, cloudy, yeah. that will block it. But you can see it even on a full moon. And – um. Yeah, so if you ever see like that the night's clear as you're like, I don't know, sitting around your fire, going to bed soon, if you see the stars out, set an alarm for like two or three in the morning and just check. It's it's pretty common where yeah. you know. Because we're gonna be really close, I mean, to the Arctic Ocean. Oh yeah. You're where you're north of Fairbanks? Like we gotta go to, we gotta get to Prudhoe Bay. Oh my god. Yeah, dude, you'll see <laughs> yeah, you'll probably see the Aurora. It's like way up there, dude. Yeah. It's like the top of Alaska. Yep. Yeah, man. So I'm looking forward to that. Like, it won't be that, it won't be that like mountainy kind of Alaska though, which I'm kind of sad about. Like the mm. guy said that he could drop us off in the spot. I looked at Onyx that was like there was actually some ridges and some like couple basins, like subtle ones, but they were mm. there. Uh, but it just depends on the water level. Like, oh so yeah, we can make up into that stuff. But it's still even that it won't be like really super mountainy, which mm. I still want to do one of those because that's the first kind of hunt we were on was like really alpine yeah um but anyway yeah we went in there on that first hunt on the pack into our spot we saw a nice shooter bull full sprint going just directly no away from us on the trail but it was he the caught your wind or something and just yeah no he was no he was coming from the right uh way oh, okay. it was just uh i don't know he was sprinting at us like full speed anyway and just ran out and then um that was the only one we saw for like three days and it moved spots our where we're at we uh we're in like a really hard to draw caribou unit so like there's no like we don't see caribou hunters we don't have any actually outfitters in alaska can only have three species that they outfit for Mm -hmm. so the outfitter i'm with is brown bear sheep and and moose but um but it's cool because we're in this hard to draw unit so the caribou are just huge so like while you're hunting moose you're like seeing these like massive caribou and picking up their sheds they're a neat animal man i would love to tag sometime yeah. yeah they're cool man um so are you comfortable judging sheep yet that's tough yeah i've been into sheep longer than i've been into moose just okay. personally like out of my so i like and looking for their heads and everything i think um i think i'm ready i think it's a little you know the dolls though in alaska you're probably looking at them farther than we get on bighorns here so um gotta get a little comfortable looking out there but i i would personally i feel more confident probably judging a doll than most of these moose i the moose it's like moose is hard that thing i want it to be bigger than 55 to know for sure yeah <laughs> yeah i think if, if all goes variability yeah if all goes according to plan and i do get uh my caribou this year that's kind of my next uh thing i want to do in alaska is moose mm-hmm. so i've done i've done care hopefully i'll get caribou i've done the um the blacktail and kodiak that was really fun cool uh, nice. i did that one in august though oh, okay it was kind of like your buddy and your and your mule deer my my friend it's the last morning 
We mm-hmm. shot one early on the trip. I did a film about it. You can see it on the YouTube channel. Okay, but check it out. Did you, yeah. Did you, okay. Um, Not that one, but. Okay. No, it's fine. Um. So my buddy shoots one like the f- first day, full day. And then me and my other friend don't see one, like see any bucks or like maybe one super far away for like four or five days. Last morning, we doubled up. No way. The one, yeah. On in like 30 day. seconds. I got it on film. And oh, his, cool. His was the 11th biggest um sitka blacktail taken off kodiak on record no way it's like 107 inches or something wow and isn't that just how it goes like i this is something that doing mainly solo trips i like think about a lot while i'm in it if i'm not seeing much or getting frustrated it's like so many times hunting comes down to the last day you know like it's just like time out there in the field persistence and then like Mm -hmm. i mean i always say you spend enough time in the woods cool shit happens right Um, it may not even be finding the animal you're looking for, but it might be like a really cool sighting of, I don't know, like a a Martin or some cool mountain goat sighting, even if it's not the animal you're chasing, like cool shit happens if you spend a lot of days out there and props to you guys. Cause like, it's crazy how often comes down to the final day and helps keep me confident while I'm out there. That's the other good thing about going back to like hunting, like back country, you know, like when you are back in there, like there's no there's much less temptation to like go hang out back at camps like okay what am i gonna do just crawl in my tent and lay there (laughs) like lay down yep so like there's nothing like you're just out there you're just living in it so yeah like stuff is gonna happen at some point if you're just gonna if you're you're gonna be sitting around hanging out you might as well do it on a good glassing knob right yeah (laughs) like why i saw some article that my friend Jaden bales posted that said it showed like they'd studied successful hunters like in the actual like I don't know if you saw it, but it was an actual, like, I think probably a dissertation or something. Cool. And they had all these statistics about, like, you're 20% more likely, or it goes, I don't know, it's, like, something about the more time you spend outside of camp, it, like, goes up by 20% success rate or something like that. It was yeah, crazy. I, I believe it. I mean, I know people, are like, will go back midday to nap, but if you just nap, like, in the field, stuff has, like, walked yeah. by them midday, you know? <laughs> yeah. Even when you'd expect, like, it's hot as hell, like, nothing's going to exactly. come. Exactly. Uh, just you being just out never there. know. Yeah. Yep. But there are those days when you got just like in your film, in the moose film, like there are those days where you just got to crawl in and you can't yep. really hunt in Alaska. Yeah. You lose days. I th- You do. And that's why, like, as an, if you ever, you know, any to anyone that's hunting in Alaska, like add, you know, plan on a couple more days than you might normally think yep. of for a hunt. Cause like you will lose, you know, whether it's rain or honestly, let's, the, the number one weather that kills hunting is fog. You know, if you can't yep. see, exactly. you know, you're, and if you're hiking around, then you're just blowing your scent everywhere. So, yeah, it, I lost a whole day just laying in my tent yeah. in the rain, little tarp shelter. Thanks to Kafaru for that little thing I've had <laughs> been using that for years. I love it, but um, yeah, yeah I, we spent I think seventy two hours straight or something in our little oh one man. God. Yeah, I mean I would get out you know occasionally to look or, like stretch out my legs and look around, but I mean it was just socked in and raining for like I think seventy two close to seventy two hours. I don't remember. I but. believe it. Yeah, and like that's with anything. Like this year, my buddies and I went and climbed and skied off Denali in Alaska. And we went up there with 21 days of food and fuel, even though we figured we could do the whole thing in, you know, eight to 10 days. We went up with 21 days because like what you, you each literally... hiked with 21 days of food. Yeah. Well, we, we skied with a sled behind us of our food. Okay. So like, I'm you like, don't have it all you... on your back. You ski kind of with this like towing sled. Idea, okay. but, but yeah, because like, you know, you can literally mountain, you know, not just that mountain, but any mountain weather you could have, they were warning us like you can sit for a week straight in your tent in a snowstorm and so like Jeez. we wanted the food and fuel to be able to wait for that weather window and luckily we got a great weather window and kind of cranked it out but um but yeah like you know i just think about that with hunting too i try to get enough days off of work and enough days 
bring enough fuel in that like I, nothing pulls me out early because you will lose yeah. days. All right, yeah. talk to me about this. This is interesting. This adventure you're telling me. So you're hiking up a mountain in snow skis, pulling a sled. Is that basically the idea? Oh, for Denali, yeah. So um, <laughs> we don't always like. So we do a lot of really awesome backcountry skiing out here. Actually, a little bit harder terrain wise than what we found on Denali. But um, but Denali is just a bigger mountain, takes more days. So we hadn't needed more gear. So up there, we did something that we don't do a ton down here, um, which is yeah, you tow. You have like kind of ski backpack with like avalanche gear and whatnot and maybe food for that day and then you tow a sled that's tied into like your waist and you're skinning up the mountain like you got your skis on your feet you have skins on which is like this felt liner that helps you grip on snow and yeah you move your way up so we got our sleds all the way up to over the course of like two days two three days we got up to fourteen thousand foot camp set up a base camp there and then from 14 on we didn't bring the sleds. We just had everything in our backpacks, but geez, dude. All right. So I got to ask about this crazy sense of adventure you got. So outside of, outside of hunting too, like what was the, I saw recently, I think it was on your Instagram, maybe your website or something, or you had like some goals, uh, like some outdoor, like climbing goals and stuff. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, tell people, say- cause there, I bet there's a bunch of people to me. It's just like, Oh, this dude's doing crazy stuff. Like, but people probably will be like, Whoa, he did that. <laughs> so what'd you do? Oh, yeah, so well, climbing's been the sport I've been into probably the longest since I was like 14. I basically quit all team sports when I was 14 because I saw my brother and I saw climbers on El Cap. If you're unfamiliar, it's the largest piece of freestanding granite in the world. It's in Yosemite, and we saw you their saw that on a like, family vacation out from San Francisco. Yeah, I was actually on a school trip to Yosemite, like a little okay. school trip, and we saw these headlamps up on the wall, and they were sleeping on the on the ledges and working oh, their way dude, up. That, they were camping on there. That's so yeah. cool. And I was just like, all right, like, I just want to climb. I want to do that. And so <laughs> my brother and I started, awesome. we, we, we started working in climbing gym near us, started getting really into sports. So now, um, I, uh, you know, I'll make occasional trips back to Yosemite. Uh, this year has been awesome. I got three with my brother. We had a very magical moment where we finally climbed El Cap together. So nice. spent multiple days living on the wall. That was a really cool, like, dude, that's amazing goal this year. So yeah, we did El Cap. Um, and then how many lately, days did it take to get up there? Well, we went in kind of a, a late season. We did it in November, and so the days were shorter. Also, November. the Sierras had just gotten like six feet of snow, and so yeah, wasn't it freezing cold? Yeah, so the cold and the short daylight <laughs> slowed progress, but also like my brother and I were just we had enough food and water in our haul bag, and we were like loving every second, and we just didn't never felt rushed. So we actually spent four nights on the wall working That's our way sick, up. Um, That's awesome. It was awesome. So, That's but so yeah, cool. so now out here my climbing has kind of switched to more of this like alpinism um, and summiting like more snowy peaks. So I'm lucky to live literally my backyard is the Teton range um, and probably one of the most inspiring ranges in, in, in our country. And so, yeah, do a lot of climbing out here, um, you know, with larger, you know, goals farther away, like Denali and Rainier and stuff like that, that we've been doing. Um, and then got into, yeah, I guess just like this area, just like a, we have like world-class mountain biking, climbing, skiing. So Every day I'm trying to do do one of those. So but, um, it was climbing that got you. I mean, I know you had this other path with your instructor or your school uh, professors and stuff like that too. But really, climbing was like your pathway to the West. Yeah, from yeah, San Francisco. It. Yeah, and and also just I was so addicted. your call to the mountains. I, yep, I knew I liked <laughs> wildlife biology though. So actually, initially I wanted to go to University of Montana because I had one of the best wildlife biology programs. But it only took me one visit. And then being around the mountains, I was like, oh, I'm here for so many other reasons. And yeah, it's the mountains in the West. That yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that's amazing, man. So, all right. So what's it like? So my only real experience with anything even coming close to actual mountaineering is backcountry hunting. So that's okay. kind of my frame of reference. Like I, I grew up on a pancake, like a mm -hmm. swamp. <laughs> literally yeah. yeah so that's what i know i'm just have experienced i've just like uh, discovered mountains in the last like three four years really but mm -hmm. um i've done some pretty cool stuff in that short amount of time yeah um, i've been watching it's wild oh cool man <laughs> getting yeah. after it so thanks dude um but anyway all i'm trying to say is is um yeah it's just different you know yeah totally yeah i don't know it's uh it's what i like about having all these different goals or passions each year is they all kind of set you up for something else. So like when I'm, you know, camping in the mountain, like I've had to bivy under a rock at 12,000 feet to wait out a lightning storm with just a, um, uh, like a mylar tarp, you know, okay. it's like you think. So when you've done stuff like that or had these, you know, long snowy camping trips, it makes hunting my like longer trips and hunting feel a little, the camping part, feel a little tame which is nice so those other experiences <laughs> protect me there but then hunting you know nothing preps you any other sport preps you for packing out freaking yeah. elk moose deer whatever so the only the, way to like train for that is just to do it yeah you just gotta do it but then what's so sweet is like those packouts train me for everything else to do of the year because now i'll grab you know a skiing pack with all my you know back of your gear crampons ice axes ropes and it feels light because i've been packing out animals so like it's so sweet. They all just kind of build off each other and help you out. And uh, yeah. So yeah. what, what's the gear? Like, like what's the food? Like, I'm, I'm curious, like when you're spending four nights on a cliff like that, mm. um, are you bringing in the same kind of stuff like freeze dried food and little stoves or what, what are you guys doing? Yeah, we brought a, we brought a little jet bowl up there. Um, and do you poop off the side of the mountain? Oh, good question. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> you have to pack out your poo. So we climbed up with all of oh. our poop. Um, you can pee off the wall. Go for it. Try not to pee on so the climber. You, you but... bring bags to poop in, right? Yeah. Well, let's, we got it. And you always got to worry about Sorry, guys. This is too. gross, but it's a legit question. <laughs> no, no, yeah, totally. So we had like, uh, we had this haul bag that you, you know, haul up all your water and, and food and sleeping bags and everything that kind of trails behind you as you climb. So then you, you know, haul it up on a pulley system. And we had all this, all these water jugs in there. And they were basically two liter, like, you know, Sprite bottles that we emptied and put water in. And so whenever you'd have to poop, you, obviously stay clipped in in your harness because same way you sleep you better be clipped in so you don't roll off but, yeah. but um and you're right next to your buddy so you better like him luckily it's my brother we've been naked or whatever <laughs> together a lot so whatever yeah it's, uh, but yeah Dang, so you, you drop drop trow and you poop into like a um like a ziploc double that thing up for redundancy if you want throw cat litter in there to reduce the smell oh wow okay and then we so, would i'm sorry keep going no i was just gonna say we cut open one of those two liter water bottles that we had finished drinking the water out of cut a slit in it shove it in there duct tape that around to hopefully hold in some okay some yeah but you are climbing this thing with four days of food and water and your own <laughs> excrement so yeah. tell me about like are you you're like actually climbing the wall during the day and then when it's time to stop for the day or whatever you're like how are you hauling all your stuff totally yeah so it's climbing's broken up um doesn't need to be even be big walls like this but it's broken up by like pitches right so which is basically think about it as like a rope length because these things you know it's three thousand feet tall you're not gonna have like a three thousand foot rope right so you break it up in these rope lengths and so one person belays like so let's say i'd belay my brother up a pitch then he would um while i'm continuing while i'm coming up to meet him right climbing back up to meet him he's hauling the haul bag up so like you a hand crank or something kind of easy like, yeah a little like catch um 
progress capture like pulley device. So every time you crank it through, it'll catch it with teeth and then you keep cranking. Yeah. Through. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, so you work up, everything moves at the speed of a row plank, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Both, both you, your partner and the haul bag. So, so you're, you're hooked into like, anchor points in the, in the wall that are like established, like anchor points. And then at, at each, yeah, at each end of the rope length, L caps done enough that there's like bolts or whatever. And then you don't but, need to like put your own thing in, like hammer it in or something. You, you do have to put in your own protection as you're climbing each pitch, but at the top there's an anchor. Yeah. So you're putting in your own protection and then your partner, as they come up meeting you is pulling it out. So you but get all are your- you at all times attached to that, that like main one, or are there times when you're only attached to the ones that you've inserted in the wall? In a way, you're always at some point attached to one because let's say you're going to the next one, the your partner and you are attached to that bottom one, right? If that makes yeah. sense, that bottom anchor. And as they go up, if they were to fall, their pieces that they're putting in are catching them. Interesting. But if all those ripped out, like which would be terrifying, but if all those ripped <laughs> out and the force factor would be insane, but you would both then get caught on that lower anchor. Yeah. But then okay. you switching the upper one it's a little wow. sorry it's a little hard to it's say interesting. Without, like, drawing or something but no no, no. it's it's very interesting yeah. i just never really talked to anybody i never really knew exactly how it worked you know because totally yeah um it's, weird, it's hard enough carrying passion. your stuff up a trail you know three thousand uh-huh. feet like going vertically up a wall it's a whole different like i don't know it's just totally different man that's cool yeah luckily it gets lighter as you go up you know drinking all the water <laughs> yeah. and everything so the first yeah, day yeah, is the yeah. worst and then it gets chiller yeah that's interesting man um it's like backpacking up a vertical surface but yeah <laughs> climbing that's interesting man um so you said you had goals um like what do you what do you kind of want to do i mean are you do you have anything like you're aiming for man like i mean work wise i love the guiding down here it looks like i'm getting sent to africa next year to to train on those trips for photo safari so i love taking people that's my form of conservation is like i teach people from around the world about wildlife and nature and that's i've really found that as a passion of mine because i love people too you know love being alone in the woods but i also love people so i want to continue that work i do want to give this outfitter in alaska every hunt i can guide on if he'll take me i'll take it we got brown bear sheep moose every year and then you know interspersed luckily i get three days off a week with my job down here i just want to keep chasing these these other outdoor passions we got this guy in town named david gonzalez who created these crazy like local triathlons that are like they're like underground you don't actually race anyone you just do it to test yourself and i've been running those every year and they're just like i don't know i just i love that's awesome dude seeing how far i can push myself outside so those are always interspersed goals amongst the work that i also love i feel very blessed it's so you make enough sweet. from the wildlife guiding and from guiding hunts in alaska to kind of support what you're doing huh mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome dude. yeah it's been working well dude so show me that skull behind you real quick yeah, I think it's cool. This so, is, guys, uh, go to YouTube if you want to check it out. He's got this huge. Di- oh my gosh, that thing is a yeah. Beast. This guy, he went ten and a half <laughs> years old. This is a weird mount, just to make sure he doesn't roll. When yeah, no, that's table, beautiful, but, man. Yeah, actually, here I got one more on the floor. Here, let me show you this. Okay, guys, go to this YouTube is, uh, and check out these uh, sheep skulls. They're huge I'm, and awesome. I'm at a friend's house of mine, and she's awesome. She lets me decorate her whole place with everything I find in the woods. Um, bunch of dead stuff, but. This ram was neat. Look at that flare on Oof. that rocky. Um, and his, oh anu- his annuli are awesome. You can age him so well. Um, but this was a neat one. He was actually uh, killed by a mountain lion in Montana. And um, it was just neat because, like, normally I'd find him at the bottom of, like, a canyon. But this was, like, stuffed under a tree. Um, wow. A Do you, killed, but... Are you, like – do you have to report that to game and fish or like, do you, can you just take them? What's the, no, like... 
hundred percent. Yeah. Check your state. Um, so like Montana just, God, it was probably only three years ago, three or four, they changed the law and you actually could keep sheep heads. You didn't used to be able to, oh. um, but you still have to check them in. So they plug them. You can see that little blue plug. Yeah. So you bring it in. Um, Montana's are blue plugs. Wyoming's red. And they basically like drill a little hole in the back and it's them claiming like, okay, this was legally found. You didn't poach it and you found it yeah. dead in the wild. And then it's like a, basically like a serial number. So now it allows you to cross interstate lines and it proves that like that sheep was legally found and you can keep That's it. Cool. So Wyoming lets you keep them, Montana. Um, but check your state when you go looking. Like I found my desert in Arizona. That was a crazy like six day adventure to try to put the parts of this ram together that got, he got ripped apart in a flash flood. And Ooh. so his two horns and his skull were over two miles from each other down this wash. And I had oh, like no use climbing gear to get down through it. It was One awesome. One of those but... two was like that? No, it's a desert I have. Uh, he's in a storage unit. But, oh, okay. um, but, uh, did you put him back together? I did. Yeah. And so, um, I, but you just check your state because I had to check with Arizona on like, what are their regs? Do you have to bring it in? Some states I've heard Nevada, I think you're not allowed to pick them up. You have to call game and or whatever their state wildlife agency is, Nevada fishing game. And then they actually have to come out to the area, make sure it doesn't look like a poaching incident, died naturally, and then okay. you can keep it. So make sure so, you're checking what your state does. But is this a thing, or is this just something you do? I think it's a thing. I follow. I follow. <laughs> do you see other people like doing it, like yeah, intentionally a, going out just for sheep heads. I don't know. I don't see many people around here, but um, that's cool. Man. Uh, I kind of learned it through. Yeah, this coworker of mine. He's 63 here, and he's just become like kind of a mock dad in a way for me out here teaching me a lot about the woods and he that's awesome uh guided years of sheep down in wyoming and kind of in his travels had found 11 of these heads and kind of taught me a bit about them because he knew i'd love that country so he did it i follow one guy in nevada that seems to pick up a lot but i don't know it might just be a weird for me so thing. tell me about this mentor type guy you're talking about how'd you um, mike crocker yeah man we started working the exact same year together uh for this company brushbuck wildlife tours where we guide these photo safaris through grand teton yellowstone and um so you're in wyoming like, right yeah right in okay. wyoming right out of jackson um okay. and he and i just just hit it off he i mean for 63 this guy's an animal in the woods and will hike out hike <laughs> anyone like and that's um, awesome and our deal is you know so he started like taking me out on the hunt showing me like how to approach the woods and and he just loved because you were a complete people. novice i mean you didn't know anything right i learned a lot through montana while i was at school there i was hunting a lot and i, yeah. I took a whole fall off one time just like chase okay. for 60 days but um but yeah so like mike just you know he's always had a passion for sheep he was um helping people with sheep hunts down here and just has this life of crazy hunting stories and he actually harvested through the i want to say the 70s the 90s i gotta check on that but he harvested a the um the grand slam of sheep oh, wow. um and he didn't have like you know crazy money for it he he waited 30 years to get his wyoming ram tag um he saved up working like a second job while raising kids working at a um like cleaning bathrooms and he had this um hot tub industry business and every little oh. penny went towards saving up for a doll and a stone <laughs> and he donated his whole sheep slam all four mounts to a museum in matitsi wyoming and so wow. he would take me out there we'd look at his mounts we'd talk sheep we'd just recreate outside together that's and, amazing yeah i learned a lot from him so and i still do every day <laughs> so that's cool, man. So do you do you apply for sheep tags though still or I do just in this state, just in Wyoming. Do you apply um, do you hunt other states or just kind of hang out in Wyoming mainly? Not really. I mean, I'm thirty minutes from Idaho border. Um, so I did pick up an Idaho bear tag one year and um I consider 
I, I kind of, I would rather, I have a lot of coworkers that hunt Idaho. So like my boss, for example. So I think I'm going to just start joining him on hunts, not having my own tag, but just to like yeah. experience more of Idaho. Um, I'd love to get into the Frank church, but um, yeah, mainly, mainly, honestly, I'm like, have you never little. been to the Frank before? Uh, no. Yeah. But okay. uh, Mike had a Ram tag of a friend there's his or something in, in the Frank. And he was like, dude, if you like remote, gnarly, hard to access country, check out the Franks. That's always mm -hmm. been a dream. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. And especially now with Alaska, I kind of miss like half our hunting season here in Wyoming. So I, uh, I kind of can't like also hunt other States when I get back, I just want to be here, but okay. I still have. So sorry, you know. sorry to cut you off. Um, no, I was just going to say like Montana, I've picked up a couple non-resident bear deer tags, but mainly Wyoming. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wyoming's a great state, man. Um, it is. I've only hunted it for antelope at this point, but it's a okay. great state. Um, I'm kind of banking some points. I I had enough where I thought I might draw the general elk tag this year, but I have some friends out there telling me like, eh, you might want to wait another year. Okay. So I don't know. I, I have enough to draw a general Montana elk tag though. So I think I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. And then do yeah. Wyoming the next year. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Both so, are killer states. I mean, especially Montana's got such a long season. That's so nice. Yeah. You know. So yeah. when you killed your first deer, uh, oh yeah well just going back i had a great hunt in montana this year i drew a general deer tag in montana this year it's like nice. you know rut hunt and um and uh anyway i might read on the brakes or yeah that i might that, actually that that edit too? that a little bit i don't know if i want to like broadcast that because it's going to be on tv uh, okay fair enough <laughs> it's not that i'm like <laughs> trying to hide the spot i just don't want to make montana people mad on like if i don't need to yeah fair enough but anyway um, yeah, we were, that's where we were. And I shot like a nice, like cool. I wish I had the, um, Euro back at this point, but I don't have it yet, but like a big crusty old two point with like, I dude, guards. I saw the photos. That oh, you saw him? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> he deer. was cool, buck. Yeah. yeah. He oh, was like man. posted up on the mountainside with like six or seven, I think seven, um, does just like had a little harem there. Just chilling. Just like nice. Yeah. That was cool, man. But, um, so what hunts you got planned or no, I wanted to ask you, so you killed that first deer and then it was just like, Oh, I'm all in. Like, I want to like start guiding in Alaska and it's like, boom, go for it. Or what? Dude, kind of like, it was just, I was starting, <laughs> I was like, so in, okay. So right after that deer, we had like, it was late season November in Montana. I knew nothing about elk and my buddy, that guy who helped me with the deer. He's like, Hey, uh -huh. I'm going to hunt somewhere else with a friend, but here I'll drop you off at like three in the morning at this spot. It was snowy. It was zero degrees. He drops me off. I like, hiking in the snow, knowing nothing about what I'm doing with these elk. And I just got in to these, like, I just, it was in the dark, hiked in and elk were just ripping. Wait, like, did you have a rifle or a bow? Uh, rifle. It was late season, okay. like November. And November, they were okay. just screaming, like, I'm still going on. It was wild. I'm like sitting there under the stars, listening to all these bugles. And it was honestly at that moment, I was like, I got to focus on nothing else in my life. I got to like, I know this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I like, I, I probably called home that day. I was like, yeah, I'm living out here. Sorry. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And so of course, you know, morning comes and dude, I didn't see a whole elk that day. I must've like, I probably blew him out the night with my yeah. own wind, not knowing what the hell I was doing, but I, it was that moment that like, I was, I was hooked. And so I started annoying my roommates in college. Cause I was like bugling in my room, just like practicing all my bugles <laughs> and researching elk and, um, it wasn't until the next year I harvested my first that season ended pretty soon after that experience. But, um, yeah, I was totally hooked. I even like my boss, did you teach yourself how to elk call? Yeah. Pretty much. Well, YouTube videos. Yeah. Just try to mimic it with the diaphragm or with something else. Diaphragm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I've been trying to teach myself to elk call too. So, um, I need to kind of get, I need to be able to do something by 
September. Yeah. <laughs> That's my goal. One of my goals. Down. Yeah. Some yeah. or not. I like those amp calls. They're pretty easy to learn on like right away. Amp um, calls. Yeah. AMP. I forget exactly makes them, but okay. Um, so when yeah, did you, so... when did you decide to go to Alaska and like try to, you know, become a guide basically? Yeah. I think that was, I mean, you know, you, you follow everyone's stuff. I mean, the Alaska moose is like the dream quintessential animal for North America that you dream of. And I'd always thought like, man, that'd be cool. Like what? And I was even thinking, I remember through um, my first couple of years working down here, I was like, could I just move to Alaska for three years, like work on a fishing boat just to get Alaska residency and have three crazy <laughs> years of hunting up there. And then yeah. I come back down here. I considered that. And I was like, do I just move up there to get the res? Like, how will I ever yeah. obtain these crazy experiences? And dude, it was just sheer luck. My boss down here happened to know that outfitter up there and they were best friends and they used to guide together. And he's like, dude, I'm no, I don't go up there anymore. I have a wife and kids like, but you, you know, you're at the prime of your life to, and to have that kind of flexibility. If you want to start doing that alongside our guiding, you know, take work off to go up there do it. Yeah. And, um, he's been full supportive. So yeah, it was always something I was thinking about, but it wasn't really until meeting my boss down here and then his friend Luke up there that it all came together. Okay. That's and now cool. I won't so, go any year. I want to be up there, you know, for every season I can get on. And you get, you, are you able to squeeze in hunts for yourself? Obviously you did last year, pretty, pretty on the regular, be able to squeeze in hunts of yourself. Maybe that was, yeah. I mean, that'd be sweet. Personally, I just, with hunting, like, I like the experience of it. I like being, I do not have to pull the trigger, I've realized. Like, I get so much more. Like, this season was my best elk season ever. I harvested my biggest bull, but I also have three friends all harvest their first. And that moment of having them right there, like, a couple of them, like, tearing up and whatnot, I was like, that's cooler than me harvesting my biggest bull. Like, so, with the Alaska <laughs> guiding, look, if I can get, like, a doll sheep tag someday for myself or any of that would be amazing. But honestly, I get enough out of just being up there with the clients and getting to live cool, up there. cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, we might have to talk when it comes yeah, to Yeah, definitely. I'll have my <laughs> yeah, assistant guides license now. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, Anyway, that's cool, man. Um, Nice. So the filming thing, you just kind of picked up a camera for fun or? Yeah, I was always into photography, uh, just like a Canon DSLR, you know, yeah. taking photos. And, um, and then when my buddies in high school all thought hunting was just like, you know, like I mentioned driving drunk on ATVs, smashing right. critters. I was like, man, I should start, <laughs> I should start filming this kind of understand it. But also I realized through filming, it's something to talk to, man. When you're alone for yeah. like five to 10 days, having this goal, this extra challenge of filming shots and take, like, you go set it up, you hike back down the hill yeah, and yeah. Hike back up towards it. Like it keeps totally your mind redundant. occupied too. But yeah, exactly. Something to so do. Now it's just something I just wish my only goal is like, I, like, I like how you made it. that, uh, sorry to, I like how you made that, uh, okay. rain catch thing. Yeah. Like, I've never great, done that man. while hunting, but that'd be, I that's a gallons idea. through that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but, go um, check out his, uh, his YouTube video on that solo moose, but yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah, totally. I, um, man, where was I at? Kind of lost my train of thought, but, oh yeah. So filming. Like, yeah. Filming it. Um, what I really would like to do, you know, I, I, I'll spend all this time focusing on the film, thinking of edits as I'm hunting. I'm just like, oh, this would be so fun to make. And my my problem is when that moment comes and I get that animal that I get so excited about that I know is legal, I'm going to go like, I kind of ditch the filming because I'm like, I need that moment to happen <laughs> and I have to prioritize what's priority. Like if you want to watch the, it's probably the most embarrassing thing, but it's the first video I have on my YouTube channel. It's <laughs> my first bear ever. Uh, it took me 12 days of hunting in Montana. And when I kill that thing, I didn't get the actual shot on film, but I immediately turned on the camera and you see it rolling down the hill 
dead and landing in front of me. And my reaction is just like, I'm so embarrassed watching it now, but it's just real. <laughs> it's, it's real. It's what happened. But I want to get, I got one bear shot on film. I shot this bear at like 411, like one of my longest uh, shots on an animal. And you just see that arc of the bullet yes, and, dude. and it I hits this that. bear and he just drops off this cliff. And I'm like, that was so cool of footage to have. And yet my problem is most of my hunting films, like when that moment comes down, I'm so focused on making it count and I don't get the shot on film. So my new, my new goal is to start really like nailing that and getting the shots. Yeah. It's not easy, man. That's for sure. It's hard when you're alone. Like I'd love, honestly, now I just kind of want to, I'd like to film them for other people. I want to start like going on their hunts and being like, now I can actually just focus on filming, get the shot, get the stock. Yeah, dude. Um, Well, maybe I could teach you some stuff there too. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'd, I'd love any help you yeah. can teach me how to kill moose i can teach you how to hold a camera <laughs> perfect right on and not that you can't you can't hold yeah. a camera that's not what i mean but what are you guys what are you filming on i'm using just like a canon add like a dslr yeah like film mode. you have an okay. actual full-on um, camera mine's all packed up no i shoot on a7s3 oh nice sweet i usually bring two it's of sony, them one right? for long yeah. yeah sony i usually bring one for long range and one for right here for like vlog stuff or just stuff that's close by you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah. And I, but I carry around a mat. I'll show you this freaking lens. It's ridiculous. So I hike this bad boy up mountains. Nice. It probably oh weighs god. like eight pounds. Just Yo. this. Oh my god. Probably it's worth more. it though, man. When you have those memories, like I think back on that, it's worth it. Like carrying that. that is oh yeah. Though. Um, and I put a doubler on it. So. Oh, nice. But um. Anyway, can, man. I ask, can I ask another question real quick about video? What are you sure. guys doing for audio? Because like I get that like I just use the audio off the camera and it's like that little fun. Are you wearing lapel mics and stuff? Okay, so there are how do I say this? There are some guys who do use lapel mics. Um, I tried it on uh, my uh, antelope hunt this year, and to be honest, because um, then I did some other hunts with my buddy Luke Dusenberry, who's like stone cold pro at filming hunts. Cool. Um, and he uses just a shotgun, like a nice shotgun, nice road shotgun mic. Um, yeah. and didn't really mess with lapel mics because the lapel mics are nice, but you gotta remember to turn them on. You got to um I don't know, it's just it just it's almost like an extra level of complication. And some of the shotgun mics now are so good, you don't really need it. Now it is nice to have like that on the stock, like <sighs> yeah, and totally. get like the stuff the guy real. says under his breath and stuff like yeah. that. Like that's yep. kind of cool. But um, I don't know. And they're not as good as in wind either. In wind, they're pretty bad. And also, yeah. like sometimes, like the power cord, for example, would get wrapped around the uh, like battery pack part of mine, and it would cause like oh. a buzzing. Oh damn! Like I don't know if you know anything about yeah. sound equipment, but if you have like a power cord wrapped up, sometimes it'll anyway. Yeah, you'll so, hear it rubbing. Yeah. So I use these for my Sony. They're built in. I can't pull it off my camera right now, but it's a oh, just a, it it goes right in. It's a Sony shotgun mic. But um, that goes into the hot shoe. But a lot of guys just use those road mics, and they're pretty nice. Okay, I'm gonna start upping my quality of gear for yeah, know, dude. Better filming. Yeah, is that something that you think you'll want to do more of, or? Yeah, I always like it. honestly on these moose hunts. Like when I was packing for those three years, I I didn't. I actually filmed a couple of shots for my clients. That's for them. I don't post that anywhere. It's just like, hey, if you want your shot on film, like so, I was able to do that for one or two. And I, but I honestly, I do a lot of the photography and um and that's been just it's just so fun i like send the client all these photos at the end you know phone shots are great but when you can shoot like a nice dslr camera and have you know quality harvest photos or hiking photos yeah. so just i'll always have the camera with me so if, if i uh 
if it doesn't add too much weight and I can start getting better, like video yeah, uh, quality stuff, I'll do it. Out of curiosity, can you, I mean, like, are you comfortable saying like what kind of part of Alaska roughly you hunt? Not like specifically. Totally. Yeah. We're, we're central Alaska near, central, near, okay. near Fairbanks, but okay. it would be different for the Brown, the Brown bear hunts are a coastal thing. So I, I'm hoping to get on my first one of those this May. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Cause we just well, got the in- interior grizz near us, but. Well, definitely would love to talk to you about um, maybe teaming up on something in the next hundred percent. That'd be yeah. so fun. Yeah. Cause um, I definitely want to get a moose for sure, but we'll talk, but um, anyway, man, we're coming up, coming up on an hour. I usually kind of keep it an hour, but right um, on. anything else you want to. Man, no, yeah. I just appreciate you having me on, dude. This has been so fun. Like I've been yeah. following you stuff for a bit and when you sent me that instagram message i was like no shit like oh, so what? you were following I'm just some you're following along with me yeah i was listening to the podcast a little bit and following me on instagram and then like you just sent me that instagram message and i was like dude i'm just some random 27 year old that likes to live in the woods and fucking shoot stuff and climb <laughs> and i was like who am i and like it was just so cool i was like hell yeah i can't wait for this so thank that's you. funny because yeah. uh yeah man because i just like i said again i just saw some of your stuff on instagram i was like dude this guy's doing hardcore stuff dude and like you're not like right. in the industry or like really trying to like document it like crazy like you are documenting yeah. some of your stuff but you know what i mean like it's not driven by that you're just doing it kind of thing yeah show and, my uh, life if you want to yeah. follow great if not who cares but yeah <laughs> but i love it man because you do some of the most hardcore stuff i've seen like anybody do on instagram oh, so I'm like, thanks, i gotta dude. talk to this dude right on <laughs> it's been great yeah, man so uh yeah man we'll stay in touch um what kind of, last question what kind of or what hunts you got planned this year got anything planned for yourself like in terms of hunts for yourself yeah well i always always love wyoming spring bear um you know we've been skiing all winter i have a dream i always like i've had a couple bears that i've harvested and then i've skied the exact same day in the backcountry and mm-hmm. that's just a really cool combo i'd love to like shoot a bear though and ski it out on my skis um so i'll be doing spring bear in may see if i can make that work and see what the snow levels are like but um yeah and then yeah doing hopefully alaska brown bear um that'll be not be my own but that'll be in may um august doll sheep september moose and then i'll get back in october so you're doing a doll sheep hunt this year yep not not my own tag but client's tag okay okay. yeah okay um, but for my own hunts it'll just be yeah it'll be wyoming spring bear and then october uh wyoming deer and elk yeah, and if I nice if I draw dude. anything down here, who knows? But yeah, is uh is that Wyoming um bear tag like most Western states easy for non-residents to get? Man, so I've never looked into it as a non-resident. I do know Wyoming pretty much all of our tags non-resident are draw only, um, but I don't think it's hard, you know. But for a bear, even for but, spring um, bear, huh? Yeah, like we get a lot of black bears where we're at. I don't think it'd be hard to get, but I think it is all a draw for non-residents. It's a okay. pretty dope state to be a resident of. Like I can get yeah. over-the-counter deer, elk, and bear and some pretty killer units. Um, I don't think we're considered the best non-res state, but I'd have yeah. to look into a brown bear. I, mean, I know sorry, Idaho, black bear. you can – I know how you can just buy them. They're pretty cheap too. Yeah, you can even get two. Get man. Two, yeah, two. You get two. Like that's all. I want to go to the Frank Church and look for black bear, man. Two. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. Um. All right, dude. Well, that's cool, man. It was good talking to you, dude. Yeah, great talking to you. We'll Thank stay you. in touch, man, for sure. Definitely. All right, cool. Peace. Oh, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah. I just want to. All right. I just want to say something off air. Um. Oh, yeah. Thanks, dude. That was good. Yeah, it was fun. I never really I done one like it. this where I just like flow like in a conversation. It was, it was good though. Dude, I think it's fun. I like I was when I signed on, I was like, I wonder if we're gonna go talk off air about like direction or things we'll talk about. And I like how it just 
instead you were just like let's just wing it and i think it's <laughs> i, it, it I usually sounds have sounds really real you know? yeah i usually have a, i'm kind of just experimenting i usually have a pretty like set you know not like I used to go really hardcore with like a detail, like exact questions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's too much. It's gotta be conversational. I still now though have like an outline and like stuff I want to hit usually and kind of prepare, but mm -hmm. this was, this was fun. Just kind of winging it. So. Dude, um, your questions are great though. It brought up like a ton of different topics. It was fun. And like, cool. it sounds just like two guys probably hanging out at the bar, like chatting, you know, when yeah. it flows like that. So yeah, I think it's yeah. cool, man. It'll be a good episode. Um, so I want to tell you off air. I hunted in the church this year. It was cool. Oh, sick. Okay. We weren't really in black bear country. There was one hill that I saw that I was like, there's probably going to be a bear there this spring, but that was only just one in the pretty long hike. So, but there are other places that are good in there for brown, for bear. I think I saw you, you've been doing a lot with the, with the gritty guys. Um, yeah. Some you, stuff. Do, were you in there with them? Cause I know they go in there. No, black I wasn't. Bear every year. I hunted with them last year, but it wasn't in the Frank. I was in the okay. Frank for a deer hunt. I did on my own this year with Luke. Cool. Yeah. Badass. And we both killed a deer. They're tiny, but we oh, killed deer. That story, I did follow that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that story. It's in like that my first... in that country wild. You're in a huge burn, like yeah. But don't tell people yeah. exactly that we were in the frank because technically totally. you're not supposed to yeah, film yeah. in there. Oh, that's right, <laughs> wilderness areas. So yep. don't tell people I told you I was in the frank. Okay. Fair game. No, I won't. Oh, there but... he is, sick. Little tine tines. Dude, nice. it's my first mule deer ever, though. I mean, hey, come man. on. Yeah, first. It was mule a tough hunt, sick. dude. Like if you want to hate on mountain hunt, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, if you want to hate it, I know there's gonna be trolls that are like, Oh, he shoots tiny deer. I don't care, dude. You know, like I said, I'm from Virginia. Like I'm just figuring this out. I'm trying to be real. And yeah. I wanted to kill a deer and there weren't any big deer around. <laughs> yeah. That's, I want that's some meat, man. Game. Yeah. Me, yeah. dude. That's my first and meal like, deer. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Now you have a new like type of meat to try in your freezer. It's just fun. Oh, to have dude, it's delicious. And yeah. And, um, I mean, I challenge anybody who wants to hate to go do that hunt because it was tough. Yeah, that's a straight – I mean, that's probably something – I mean, isn't it – it's the largest wilderness area in the lower 48. Yeah, it's and it's over a million acres. And gnarly. Yeah, yeah. unreal. Um, so we went in there. We packed in like probably five miles to set up camp. And then – but we both – when we came out, we each had a whole deer and our stuff. So we packed in with eight days of Damn. food. Yep. 80, you know, 80-pound packed in with water. It was like 100-something. And then packed out each a whole deer, so it was like 120 pounds pack out for five. Are you and a half getting miles. the? Are you getting the deboning down so you don't have to carry out any of the? Bones yeah, we were idiots stuff. and didn't debone this one, and then they uh, froze that night. Uh, froze solid. So, dude, I had that actually scariest thing I've ever had hunting. I killed an elk last year, um, right in October. We got this early snowstorm. Snow was like falling sideways. Kill my bull, and I knew normally I just pack it out through the night, but I knew I had two friends that had never experienced a pack out and would want to be a part of it, and I was like, sweet. So I hung the quarters. They mm -hmm. froze solid overnight. Oh man! I drove out, got them, came back out, dude. I I was deboning it, a frozen solid quarter with a Havlon, and I was trying to get through this frozen quarter. It slipped, dude. I knifed my leg like two inches deep. Oh my it gosh, dude! So scary. I like got stitches and everything, but I, you know, when you're mile, it was like two and a half miles back, not crazy, but then a long drive in, out, like you hit an artery or something, dude. Yeah, that dude. Oh, it's bad. I'd say once it's frozen, now screw it, carry out the bones. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, um, well, um, I was asking about non-residents for spring bear because honestly, dude, um, I would love to potentially team up with you on something. Um, I think you got a cool like personality and vibe and like, I'm always looking for people who, you know, um, have local knowledge and experience out there totally. and know yeah. what they're doing and like, you know, can do stuff. So, 
Um, and it's always a added bonus when you at least know how to hold a camera and like know when it's not completely yeah. like yeah, know how to turn it on and right. sure you're actually record. And I could yeah. teach you some stuff too if we were out ever did anything. But um, cool. but yeah, it's always good to know people like local people. So if maybe you'd be down, do it. Maybe even spring bear sometime. You know, team yeah. up or something. I don't know. Yeah, I got this spot pretty local to Jackson. That's fun. I see. I I mean. I see a bear almost every time I go in there sitting in glass and, and then uh, it's fun. So you're up in like Tetons and then there's another spot out by Cody that um, I've gotten a friend on several bears there. Um, he didn't make them work the moments, but we had three black bear stocks in a couple of days. And you also, the cool thing about the Cody area, bro, I ran into in 11 days there looking for a black bear for him. And then I was shed hunting. I ran into 27 grizzly bears. Oh, jeez! Freaking gnarly, and it's like really wild country. You're seeing sheep and whatnot, so that's a cool spot too. We got a lot around here, so yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah, dude, this the uh, the Montana hunt I'm thinking about doing. Have you ever hunted the Bob or heard of it, Bob Marshall? Mm -hmm. I know the Bob a lot. Yeah, backpacking okay. more because um, I was guiding backpacking trips for the college through there. But okay, I, I was thinking about hiring someone to pack me in with horses. Yeah, that country. You can big, hunt elk and rifle. Uh, yep, in early. That's yeah. right. What does it start? September like 15th or something? Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Unit. I'm thinking about doing that. Damn, it'd be badass. It's big country. I never saw like, you know, it, they just move a lot. So yeah, yeah. You'd want, I don't you'd know. Want is that a bad idea? Horses. No, I don't think so. Um, Everyone I've mentioned it to is kind of hesitant though. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like lots of grizzlies or what? Oh, there's a lot of grizz for sure. But you're either like that country's so big you're either in them or you're not i just haven't okay. hunted enough to, to be able to point you in like a direction of like you're gonna get into elk here while in wyoming i feel that way like i could gotcha. point you, but yeah i could talk to some buddies up there though i still have a lot of friends that hunt montana and ask them i actually have a, a friend who did that hunt um, okay on with his own horses and the bob on that early season did they so, kill yeah yeah and they got into some so i'll definitely i can talk to you he's <laughs> well, now actually outfitting his property in eastern montana for mule deer so they kill like 170s all the time out there um i'm looking for somebody i was thinking i could probably find somebody at the expo or something i'm gonna be out there that i could maybe hire to pack me in like do you oh. know anybody that does that um in montana just my buddy duke probably if he was around but um yeah. he's got a bunch of that's okay i'll on, find somebody but, at the yeah. expo but which, I think which expo are you going to the salt lake one? Yeah, yeah yeah have you been to what that are the, what are the dates it's february 2nd through 5th Damn, i'm out of town um no, I went to Sheep Show and loved every second of it. It was oh, so dude. fun. You and would I, love the expo. It's cool, man. I got to go. I also, I sent an email to the Mountain Ops guys. Um, I never heard back, but I like, it's something I want to find them at an expo and just pitch this thing to them where I'm like, look, I've been, I use the Mountain Ops stuff like all the time, mainly Ignite and Yeti. It's like, it's just, I do it over coffee now and I have it, you know, in my pack yeah. and I love it, but I use it like, sure, I use it for hunting, but like, I use it year round on these like ski trips i brought it up denali there's a photo of me just like chugging mountain ops on denali i thought i'd send yeah. it but um i want to pitch them maybe i gotta go to the expo for this i just want to be like dude you guys are so in the hunting world you know everyone knows your i stuff. know i know what you're gonna All say my hunting friends know it and i'm like but that product would get huge in like the out ever other outdoor recreation you yeah. know communities yeah. I, and I just I heard, they aren't they aren't in those communities. I'm like, yeah. damn man, it would go so big. Only my hunting friends know about them. Yeah, and yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, I heard someone say recently that works with them that they're like actually were like doubling down on just only focusing on like the hunting market. And oh, purposely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right, but well. dude, you should still pitch it to them though. Yeah, I'm just like guys, like it, that that product is awesome, and like if you entered any of those other realms, some of them are way bigger than hunting, like you know. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure.
then you get, but then you get into like a weird space of like you have this weird um like two groups of customers and you also have to market yeah. to, to both and then it gets you in this weird position like get to a spot where like you don't want to like post gripping grins because you're crunchy like people are yeah. gonna get mad. You know that's what I mean? a good point. You'll probably lose some people just from yeah when they see you care about hunting. God yeah it's so sad that people are like that. I, I I get them on tour sometimes, man. And I just I try to tell them about conservation and why we do it. But man, they just can't look they like they couldn't they talk about not even being able to like hurt a fly. I had one lady tell me how she was looking at elk, how can people kill that beautiful animal when they can go buy meat wrapped up at a store and i was like do you know where that shit comes from do you know what that you know yeah, like, uh, it's so much worse yeah so much worse and like other people will just you know be all anti-hunting on tour and then at, in uh at lunch they'll get like an elk steak at the fucking restaurant i'm like oh my God. yeah no so it's I just because they're ignorant it, but yeah it's yeah they don't it, that, it's a, it's a hard concept to hold like it what is. we were talking about earlier, dude. We should have just kept rolling on all this, except for the yeah. specific locations of stuff. But <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, I'll let you go, man. Um, dude, but this has been good, dude. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, super yeah. fun. Yeah, man. Um, I'll let you know when I air it. I'm not sure exactly when it'll come out, but I'll let you know okay. for sure. I saw you got the hundredth with Remy. That's gonna be wild. Yeah, congrats yeah, on getting pretty... to hundred, man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's been two years. I've been doing it. So I told you about the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, TV show. Yeah. What okay, was it? Yeah, 20, that's right. You said what quarter? Twenty twenty three. So quarter three it'll start. So like July. Okay. okay. Yeah. Got it. But anyway, dude, yeah. uh, I'm trying to make that work and everything else. So, but keep crushing it, dude. Your brand's exploding. It's awesome. Oh, I appreciate that, dude. It feels like slow growth, but I guess it's been faster than yeah, like any business. But yeah. yours is faster than most. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you, dude. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Follow along. Good too. stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Hit me up about Spring Bear for sure. Watch that uh, Kodiak film. You'll like it. Yes. Yeah, you're. Black it's on the will. Gritty YouTube channel, and Brian actually put it on Gritty last oh, year. No way. Yeah. Okay. And um, and then it's on mine too. But on mine it has like you know two thousand views. His thing has like thirty, forty thousand or something. <laughs> crazy following. Yeah. He does. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I want to look into Spring Bear too and see what it's like down. to draw a tag there for non-residents. Yeah. Check it. Um, and I mean, would you be down theoretically? I'm not saying like definitely it's gonna happen, but like theoretically would you be down to possibly team up because like yeah would you dude absolutely yeah i'm uh I'm, i got unless i'm on that brown bear hunt through the late part of may but i have all the rest of may and early june which is our greatest part of the season and i get three days off a week and i can probably ask for coverage from other what about that like third week of april will you be around anything so um if i would uh april's are kind of an off season here so sometimes i'm out but that would be bow only. Are you trying to spot and stock with a bow? Oh, it's bow only? No. No. It's yeah, fine. we don't start rifle till May one usually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it goes uh, through June fifteenth. So it's actually kind of a long season. Okay, well I'll look into it. If it um if I could get a tag, maybe we'll talk about it or something. Absolutely. <laughs> if you'd be interested, right that is. Yeah, dude, of course. All right, cool. Well, um, I'll let you go, man. It was good talking right to you. Right on. Yeah. Thanks, Hart. Right. Appreciate See it. You, dude.